Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's week two in the NFL. It's time to go and set those lineups. And a guy who usually knows a thing or two about making that right move is about to join us right now. From FantasyPros.com. We'll welcome in our good buddy, Jason Katz. Jason, I hope you enjoyed the festivities on that Thursday night game. Listen, all in all, considering it was the Bengals and the Browns, pretty entertaining game. I would say that is the most entertaining Bengals-Browns game we've had since the, uh, the Derek Anderson Classic uh, many, many years ago. What was that, 51-45, that game? Oh, I remember that one. That was a doozy. That was a doozy. And let's start here, Jason. Aside from, you know, Baker getting right and Beckham having a big play and the Browns running game going off, my big takeaway from this game is that Joe Burrow looks like he belongs. Now, he's a rookie, and and I understand there are going to be ups and downs, but does your opinion at all from, you know, a fantasy standpoint change after watching him on Thursday night or not necessarily? Well, from a fantasy standpoint, whenever your quarterback attempts 61 passes, you're going to have a good time. Uh, his stats were largely padded by volume here, but but from a real life perspective, I, I just uh, you feel like watching him. He just has that it factor. He just has it. it, it it's something you, you you know it when you see it. And he's a, he's a gamer. He he does things that rookies shouldn't be able to do. He still makes mistakes. He's still overthrowing some passes, misreading coverage sometimes. But these are all things that he will clean up as he gets better. I I think Joe Burrow's ceiling is very high. He could be a top ten quarterback in this league as early as next year. And that's saying something. Now, when it comes to another top player in the sport, now from a fantasy perspective, he's not going to be out there on Monday. He's not going to be out there for the next couple weeks. Jason, what does the Michael Thomas injury mean for, you know, particular players on that New Orleans team? I mean, we'll start with Michael Thomas himself. And when you hear high ankle sprain, that is one of the worst things you could possibly hear for, for a player, especially a running back or a receiver that relies on cuts they say it's typically a four to six week injury and it's just not like these nfl guys they're extremely tough at top notch conditioning he'll be able to return to the field after a couple weeks sure but this thing will not be healed until next season it's just as simple as that so even if you get michael thomas back you're not getting the same guy you've had for the past couple seasons what this means for the rest of the saints Obviously, Manny Sanders steps up. He's the new one. I know a lot of people uh, like Traquan Smith. I just I, I don't see anything there at all. I don't think he's very good. He, he had two years where he couldn't beat out a 33-year-old and then 34-year-old Ted Ginn for targets. That tells me that the Saints aren't really interested in him. 
Uh, Jared Cook could see increased targeting. Uh, perhaps they put Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara on the field at the same time. Uh, you've got to think Kamara's targeting is going to go up. He's going to be used as a receiver a lot more often. But overall, it's just a big-time downgrade for the Saints offense as a whole, especially with Drew Brees looking a little shaky last week. When it comes to week one standouts that maybe were not on my fantasy radar and not on many others' fantasy radar, who was the one guy, Jason? It might be too little too late because a lot of people had their waiver claims on Tuesday or Wednesday. But, like, who is the one guy after one week where you said, wow, you got to do everything in your power to try to get this guy on your team? Well, those two questions are different things. The guy that isn't on my radar, and maybe I was impressed by what I saw in terms of certain certain stats, like James Robinson with the Jaguars, for example, had 100% of his team's carries. That type of volume is encouraging, but he only had like 10 or so fantasy points, so I'm not really going out of my way to get him. A guy I'm going out of my way to get is going to be Jonathan Taylor. He's somebody that I love going into this year. I had him almost as an RB1 uh, heading into the season, and I was actually trending to be wrong at least early on because Marlon Mack was the starter, and Jonathan Taylor was a straight-up backup. He didn't play until the second quarter, but as we saw, Mack tore his Achilles. He's done. Taylor's going to be an RB1 the rest of the way, and there are a lot of running backs that went in the, in the first two or three rounds that I would trade straight up for Taylor at this point, guys that are clearly better than him. I would rather have Taylor than uh, somebody who I loved, uh, Joe Mixon. I'd rather have Taylor than Kenyon Drake. I'd rather have Taylor than Todd Gurley, than obviously James Conner. So there's, there's a lot of guys that I would be willing to trade, like uh, running back plus one, if I could get Taylor. That's incredible. Now, what about Snell with the Steelers? Is it one game? How do you see that shaking out with those two guys? It's so tough. James Conner heading into the season was the number one most likely player in the NFL to get hurt. And it took him, what, all like 10 snaps. Well, I was going to say a quarter, quarter and a half, give or take, Jason. Yeah, about that. But it wasn't just that. Before he even got hurt, he looked terrible. I was obviously watching this game as the isolated game on Monday night, the first one. And there were one instance where... He just completely missed the wide-open hole and ran into the back of, of his lineman. Another instance where there was a hole, he just was too slow to accelerate through it. Uh, he, just, he wasn't making defenders miss. It was just an all-around disastrous performance from him before he even got hurt. And then Benny Snell comes in, somebody who I railed as just not an NFL player last year, but he lost some weight, they got himself in better shape, and he's a completely different player now. I'm not saying he's any sort of world beater here. He's not, he's not any sort of like top-20 running back, but he is significantly better than James Conner. And I'm not so sure that he can't just take this job based on merit alone. So I definitely uh, would have advised snatching Snell off the waiver wire if you could. And I'm, I'm not totally against starting him this week, even if Connor plays, because Snell earned himself some more looks. And if he continues to play better than Connor, he'll stay on the field over Connor. Well, Jason, that's a good segue. Of course, we have our buddy Jason Katz, the fantasy guru from fantasypros.com, who joins us each and every football Friday on the fan. But the reason it's a good segue is our Twitter questions. The first one involves Benny Snell. So, Jason, Benny Snell, J.K. Dobbins, full PPR. Who's your guy? Those are two great guys to compare. That's a great question because, obviously, we saw Dobbins get those two goal-line carries, uh, two goal-line touchdowns last week, and that's very encouraging. But Dobbins didn't really touch the ball much last week. It was a straight-up timeshare. Uh, Gus Edwards was involved. And Greg Roman came out and said that you don't really know what we're going to be doing weekly with these running backs. I, I got a feeling they may give Mark Ingram a shot at those scores this week. And the reality is Dobbins is getting enough volume, whereas Snell, I think, is going to be involved regardless. And Connor does this all the time. He comes back from injury too soon, and he aggravates his injury, and then, and then he's gone again. I think Snell is good for at least six to eight touches. 
uh, possibly more if he plays well. I'm going to start Snell there because I think he has more upside. Okay. Now, it looks like Kenny Galladay not going to be able to give it a go for Detroit. That means good things for Marvin Jones. Is it Marvin Jones or Terry McLaurin? Who's your choice? I actually like Marvin Jones more when Kenny Galladay plays. Marvin Jones is miscast as a wide receiver one. He's much better served as, as, the, as the other guy with, uh, with Kenny Galladay taking the, the majority of the coverage. So in this case, I think I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin here because he's this team's number one receiver. And I think that could be a sneaky high-scoring game. Now, you got to leave one of these guys out. For our buddy Danny, you got Al Robinson, Hollywood Brown, and Cooper Cup. Who's the odd man out? This is an easy one for me. It's Cooper Cup. Until I see something to indicate that the Rams are recommitted to him as their guy. I know they gave him a contract extension, but again, we we have eight-game sample size last year down the stretch where he was out-targeted by Robert Woods almost 2-1. to That continues in week one. It's Robert Woods is the one, and, and Cup seems to be an afterthought. And I can't confidently start Cup until I until I see it. And I do believe in Cup as a talent. I think he's a very very good receiver. They just don't use him. So I, I got to see it first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit Cup in that in that scenario. Jason, our final Twitter question. This is getting the running backs involved. We're talking about an RB two, Moss, Howard, Acres. There's room for one. Who's your choice? Well, definitely not uh, Jordan Howard, who is I believe third in snaps last week behind Matt Breda and Miles Gaston. I mean, Miles Gaston who shockingly played the most snaps on that team. Uh, the first guy was Zach Moss. Who was the second guy? Um, Akers. Akers. So between Moss and Akers, uh, Akers did touch the ball. I think he carried the ball 14 times last week, but he only played by 33% of the snaps, if I'm remembering correctly. Whereas Moss is in a straight-up 50-50 uh, share with, with Devin Singletary. Moss is the guy at the goal line, even though the real RB1 on the Bills is Josh Allen. I'm going to go with Zach Moss there uh, against the Dolphins. So I like his chances to uh, just score a touchdown at least uh, better than the other two. All right, Jason, let's get to these matchups of the week. Let's start with quarterback. Who's the must play this week? Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. Uh, I was hoping he got Kenny Galladay back. Uh, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. There's, there's no hope there. He's not, he's, Kenny Galladay's not going to play this week, and he may not play next week either. But either way, I think Stafford's going to have a real good chance at, at, a, at a strong game this week. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks like, looks like he's back, which means the Lions are going to have to throw to keep up, much like the Vikings did last week. Uh, Kirk Cousins had five pass attempts at halftime, yet he still managed to get the 20 fantasy points just purely based, based on comeback mode. Stafford is a lot better than Cousins. And Stafford should have had a QB1 game against the tough Bears defense last week if, if DeAndre Swift could catch a very easy uh, pass right in his hands. So Stafford's line was a bit uh, underrated last week. Uh, Packers are no slouch defensively, but I, w- I wouldn't fear them. I think Stafford's good enough to beat them, and I like Stafford to be a QB1 this week. Okay, on the flip side, who is the quarterback to stay away from? I don't know how you can confidently start Carson Wentz after what we saw last week. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Carson Wentz actually played worse than Dwayne Haskins last week. It's really hard to articulate how poorly Wentz played uh, against what was supposed to be a weak Washington defense. He completed just 57% of his passes. He, he threw two touchdowns with two picks. He fumbled twice. He should have thrown a couple more picks. Uh, fumbled again. It, it was it was just a disaster. Now he gets the Rams defense that was able to pretty well contain Dak Prescott last week. And the Eagles offensive line is down multiple starters. Aaron Donald is going to be all up in Wentz's face. Uh, I'm, I'm scared for Wentz this week. Scared for Carson Wentz. Running back position, Jason. This is always where we're searching. You never know who can come out of nowhere. Who's going to have a big week, too? 
It's not an out of nowhere one. Uh, this is someone that I did not like at all last year. But again, you, you got to be able to change your mind on these guys when, when you when you see improvement. And hey, Jason, it's like Rocky Four, baby. If I can change <laughs> and you can change, everybody can change, bro. Come on now. Oh, what a great quote. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Tampa here. Ronald Jones, again, one of the most important attributes of a fantasy football uh, analyst. You need to avoid take lock. I was all in on, Fournette, on Leonard Fournette at one point. After watching Fournette compared to Ronald Jones last week, there's no doubt in my mind that at least right now, Ronald Jones is a vastly superior running back. This is Ronald Jones' backfield until further notice. Jones led all Bucks running backs with a 47% snap share last week. Uh, for some reason, LaShawn McCoy played 36% of the snaps. He should be playing zero snaps. He shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. He's beyond done. He was done three years ago. Uh, but Fournette played just 13% of the snaps, and nothing about his performance suggests he deserved any more. Uh, the Panthers were the worst run defense in the NFL last year, and they picked up right where they left off. They served up three scores to Josh Jacobs. Ronald Jones is set up to, to smash this week. You're in on Ronald Jones. Who are you avoiding? Uh, even with Philip Lindsay out with turf toe, I'm going to stay away from Melvin Gordon this week if I can avoid it. Obviously, given where you drafted him, it's probably tough to bench him. Uh, but well, with this being a New York audience, I imagine just about everyone listening to this saw what the Steelers did to Saquon Barkley last week. 15 carries for six yards. It's crazy to even think about it. At one point, he had negative rushing yards on like six or seven carries. And Melvin Gordon is nowhere near the talent that Barkley is. Uh, Gordon, of course, had salvaged his day with passing game work just like Barkley did. Gordon could fall into the end zone. But the Steelers' run defense is as good as advertised, and I'd be terrified to start anyone against him. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's going to be a very, very tough matchup for any running back, for any you know opposing offensive player going up against that Steelers defense, one of the best defenses in the league. Let's get to wide receiver. Who's the guy you really like this week? My second-year man out of Ohio State, Paris Campbell. He was one of my favorite late-round flyers this season. I tried to get him wherever I could, and he, he proved last week immediately he was worth a shot. He led the Colts in targets with nine, and he has a type of skill set that meshes perfectly with what Philip Rivers is capable of doing at this point in his career. Uh, Campbell is operating primarily underneath, and he looks poised for a year two breakout. It is within the realm of possibilities that Campbell is actually a better fantasy asset than T.Y. Hilton. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the fact that it's even a consideration speaks volumes to what I think of Campbell going forward. The Vikings' pass defense that was once great with Xavier Rhodes, it's laughably bad. It wasn't just Devontae Adams that had his way with him last week. They couldn't stop Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Campbell is a legitimate wide receiver three. He's got wide receiver two upside. For the wide receiver to avoid, I have a guess to the direction you might be leaning, but I'm not going to unveil that. I want to hear the answer first, uh, and then I'll piggyback off this guy. So, Jason, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm not sure if you were guessing this guy. It's going to be Will Fuller for me. No, I was not going to go in that direction. I thought you were going to give me Devontae Parker going up against Tredavious White. And we don't even know if Devontae Parker is going to play on Sunday. I figured he was going to be the guy to say, you don't want him in your lineup. No way. I actually was going to say Devontae Parker, but I'm not sure if he's going to play. And that's kind so of you want to give the out. people actually somebody who's suiting up. I respect that, Jason. That's fair yeah. answer. If Parker doesn't play, obviously you don't play him. But Will Fuller is somebody that I'd be looking to avoid if I could. I'm not going to go out of my way to bench a wide receiver one who's getting passes to Deshaun Watson. But – in, in shallower leagues, or maybe you drafted really well, uh, Will Fuller is a guy you might want to avoid. I was anti-Will Fuller when he was drafted. He was nothing more than a burner with bad hands. And since then, I've got to give the guy credit. He has legitimately developed into a complete receiver, and I do believe in him as a fantasy wide receiver, too, for as long as he can stay healthy, which historically hasn't been very long. With that being said, the Ravens' defense is elite. 
Uh, Marlon Humphrey is going to lock down Fuller like he did to Odell Beckham last week. Now, to be fair, Fuller, like most NFL wide receiver ones, is much better than Odell Beckham right now. So he will be better than Beckham was, but the Ravens are not a team that you get excited about starting players against, and Fuller is not an exception. He'll still likely be a wide receiver three, but that weekly ceiling that you want from him is just not there this week. Jason Katz over at FantasyPros.com. Jason, a fantastic job as always. And for anybody who's looking for that late, last-minute, down-to-the-wire fantasy advice, where can they find you on your variety of social media platforms? Uh, the, the place you want to get me is on Twitter, at JasonCats13. And I'm happy to respond to just about anybody, as long as you get me uh, with enough, le- enough leeway before, before game time. Because at those last 10 minutes or so, I'm, I'm just getting ready for the games and checking my lineups and everything. So earlier, anything up to like 1230, I'll respond. That's fair game. Jason, best of luck in week two. Continued success. We'll do it same time, same place next week. All right, bro? Look forward to it. They have it. Good stuff there from Jason Katz over at fantasypros.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.